Good morning, friends. This is Joel Martin for the Everlasting Word. And I appreciate you uh, taking time out to join me this uh, Tuesday morning. And the title of today's message or the thought for today's message is Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches. Those that are born again are the branches. Now, as we begin in John chapter 15, verse 1, this is Jesus speaking to his 12 disciples. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Now, we could probably preach an entire message just on this one short little verse. For Jesus says, I am the true vine. He does not say, I am a true vine. He says, I am the true vine. Now, we know there's a lot of preachers or religions out in this world that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof, meaning that the basis of their message is not you must recognize that you're a sinner, you must repent of your sins, you must believe on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that his shed blood can cover your sins, and then if you do that, you would be saved. So that Jesus, by doing that, by him coming, and living a perfect life, and he was the one that fulfilled God the Father's law. He satisfied the law. He did for us what you and I could not do. He went to the cross of Calvary. He that knew no sin became sin for you and I. He stood before Caiaphas as a lamb slain before the slaughter. He took on my sin. He took on your sin. He that knew no sin became sin for you and I. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he rose again to complete that work that he came to do on this earth. And by that, Jesus is the true vine. Now, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of vines in this world that have a form of godliness, but you have to look at them very closely and examine them and measure them up against the true word of God to see if they truly are of the true vine, or if you will, a branch of the true vine. Now, I'm reminded growing up uh, of picking green beans. And what kid didn't love picking green beans? And I can remember there would be times that in the green bean vine, there was a vine that looked very similar to the green bean vine. But in reality, it was weed. It was a morning glory, but you had to look at it very closely. And that's how we have some teachers and preachers and religions in this world that on the surface, they look very godly and they look righteous, but you have to look at them very closely to be able to discern the difference. Are they truly of the true vine? And Jesus goes on in the second half of the verse, and he says, And my father is the husbandman, meaning God the Father is the final and true authority. Now, one thing that this world struggles with is honoring and respecting authority. 
For the Bible teaches that there will come a day that every knee shall bow and every knee will confess that Jesus is Lord. And see, God the Father has authority over all of creation. He is the God of the universe and he has authority over everything. But this world wants to live as if there is no supreme authority, there is no higher authority, that the, we can live our life as we see fit, we can determine what's true and what is what is okay and what's not okay and all of that. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, the only truth that we're going to find in this world is in God's Word, and God the Father is the authority of what truth is, and His truth never changes, it never will change, and, and for us that are truly born again, we can trust in the truth of God the Father, and we can trust that He is unchanging. There is no darkness. There is no shadow of turning in Him, and He is light, and we can trust the fact that His message will never change. But then verse 2 <clears throat> elaborates on the authority of God the Father. It says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit it says, every branch in me, every branch in who? Every branch in Jesus that beareth not fruit, he, who is he? He is God the Father. He taketh away. So if you're out there and you're not bearing fruit, we're skating on thin ice. We really are. Because God the Father has the authority to take you away. And it says, in every branch that beareth fruit, he, he being God the Father, purges it, purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So see, <clears throat> our responsibility as Christians is not to be stagnant in our life. We are to go, if you will, as rungs on the ladder, not in stature, but in bearing fruit. The fruit that we bore today, we need to be purged and so that later on in, a, in another stage of our life, we will bear more fruit. And when the God the Father purges us again, we bear even more fruit. <clears throat> and Jesus makes a very interesting comment here in verse 3, and he says, <clears throat> Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Well, what purges us in our life? What purges us is the Word of God. What makes us clean is the Word of God. There is nothing, there is no other solution, there is no other remedy to clean our filthy souls, our filthy hearts, none other than the Word of God. For God's Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It can cut through anything. It cuts asunder. It will cut through our evil, evil hearts, and it will get, if you will, as the saying goes, where the rubber meets the road, it will show us our sinful nature. And if you're lost out there, the conviction of the Word of God will show you your lost condition, and he will, it will draw you to God, to God the Son. It will draw you through God, by God the Son, to God the Father, in conviction of your sins. And if you will just be obedient to that conviction and that drawing, 
and bow your and bow yourself on your knee and confess the fact that you're a sinner and ask him to save you and you believe in the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. But the only remedy for our sinful hearts, our sinful nature is the word of God. And that's what cleans us. That's what purges us. And then Jesus gives further instructions in verse 4. He says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Now, he's given instructions here, and he says it in a later verse, that without him, we can't do anything. A grape, the branches of a grapevine cannot bear grapes unless those branches are abiding, are connected to the main vine. The apple tree, the branches of an apple tree cannot bear apples unless those branches are abiding and connected into the trunk of the tree. And it's the same concept with us bearing spiritual fruit, if you will, true spiritual fruit, that we have to abide in Christ and Christ abide in us. And it has to be a mutual thing because in order for us to bear true spiritual fruit, we must be born again. There's a lot of people sitting on church pews that have their names on church books that they're teaching Sunday school, they're teaching Sunday school, they're singing in the choir or whatever, and, and they think that they're bearing spiritual fruit, but they've never come to a true saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they think that Christ is abiding in them, but he's really not. So it's for us to to work out our salvation and to be sure that our calling and election is sure. So we must abide in him and him abide in us in order for us to bear true spiritual fruit. And in John chapter 14, Jesus gives that example. He's not asking his disciples or us to do anything other than what he, he does because he gives the example in John chapter 14 how that he abides in the Father and the Father abides in him. You know, when Philip and, and, and Thomas was asking, about Lord, how how would we know where you go? And and it, you said if that it, that if we've seen you, we've seen the Father. And they asked the question, how? Well, how do we know that they've seen the Father? And Jesus explains to them that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And then Jesus goes on to explain to us how that we need to abide in Him, and He abides in us in order for us to bear. That spiritual, that true spiritual fruit. And in verse five, it says, I am the vine. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And here's a very sobering statement right at the end of verse five. For without me, <coughs> ye can do nothing. Now, let's think about this. <clears throat> There's a lot of times in our life that we've tried, or I know I have, tried to bear spiritual fruit <clears throat> without fully abiding in Christ. That is very frustrating. 
And that is very defeating. It really is. We cannot bear spiritual fruit. Anything that we do, try to do spiritually without abiding in Christ is a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. In other words, it might be a lot of noise. It might be a lot of it, it, it might sound good, but spiritually it's empty. It's just noise. And he says in verse six, he says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now, let's think about this. This verse, this verse six is very sobering. If you're not abiding in him. He is cast forth as a branch. In other words, you're cut off and you wither and men's going to gather you up and cast them into the fire and they are burned. In other words, you're done away with. But he says in verse seven, <clears throat> if you abide in me and my words abide in you. What did we say in verse three that what purges us? He says, now you are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. So that word is what cleans us. That's what purges us. And it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. In other words, when we ask, we will be praying according to the will of God. We won't be praying according to our will. We won't be praying according to anyone's, anybody else's will. We will be praying in the Spirit, and we will, we will be praying according to God's will. And it says in verse 8, <clears throat> It says, herein is my Father glorified. And our heart's desire should be to glorify the Father, not to glorify ourselves or glorify anyone else. It should be to glorify the Father. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. This is Jesus telling his disciples this, but it's also a message for us that we must be purged by the word. We must abide in Christ in a Christ by abide in us and we keep his commandments. So Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if we abide in him and he in us and his words abide in us, that we will bear much fruit and we will glorify the Father. Otherwise, if we try to do it any other way, as verse 5 put it, for without me, this is Jesus speaking, for without me, ye can do nothing. And that's the message today. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope all of y'all have a Merry Christmas. This is Joel Martin.